Well, Pedro, I'm really happy to hear that you're making good progress or that you're actually no longer even needing to make progress, that you have um, uh, come to the state where this is good enough. Yeah. And that um, I was uh, about to explain then that um, being in the present moment is really all that we have and that um, when we're really little kids, we tend to live in the present moment. But we also, in that present moment, we begin to dream that, in fact, little kids go into magical thinking. We do that with our toys first. In other words, a little girl, when she's playing with her doll, she imagines that she's the mommy and this doll is real, or that she imagines that she is this doll. Mm. The little boy with his tractors or his motorbikes or his little cars, and he goes zoom, 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 zoom. He has the delusion or the illusion, not that he's just playing with this little car, but that the car is big and he's sitting in it and he's going someplace. And so we get into um, an imaginary world when we're really little kids. And we're very, very susceptible then to uh, the adults, which they, they do it in the sense of wanting to help us, wanting to give us an education. But what they do is is that they take us into a magical world of make-believe. And so they'll they'll talk about governments. They'll talk about police. They'll talk about religions and things like that that are not anywhere close to where the little child is. The little child is still playing with toys. And so we uh, are actually then taught to come out of reality, to come out of experiencing this present moment. And we're taught to start doing what is referred to as critical thinking, to figure things out. But if we're figuring things out, we can actually figure things out. We have the skills to figure things out that's happening right now. But what we're taught to do is to figure things out that are not real. They're not here. They're someplace else. They may be real someplace else, but the child is not here. Okay. So what that means then is is that we start living with our minds in a different way than when we were born, or like with the animals, uh, like the dogs. They live in the present moment. They don't live way off into the past or into the future. In other words, the dog, he may be hungry and looking for food, but he's hungry right now to where the the executive in the corporation is not hungry for money. He's got a pocket full of money, and yet he is still in his mind hungry for money. And so he's out looking for money that he doesn't need because he's not actually physically hungry right now the way that a dog would be. So dogs are driven by present situations. And then there's the other point is is that we actually begin to change thinking itself. Because when the dogs are thinking, they, they do it in the sense of recognition. When they see, like when their owner comes home, they get really excited because they know who the owner is. 
and that they can recognize the owner with their with their eyes or visualizations. Okay, so animals stay in a kind of a visual world, and they also stay in a kind of an auditory world, but they don't stay in a um, let us say didactic vocal world. That the that in fact it's the humans that we have our speech. Now, dogs have ways of speaking. I've listened to the dogs for many years. In fact, I'm trying to actually learn the dog language. And dogs have many different kinds of barks, from whines to howls to um, growls, barking, all kinds of things like that. And um, And so they have different communications but not nearly as complicated as humans, that we begin to think in in words. This is what we refer to as didactic thinking. We often figure things out in words, and so we have the possibility of having a mind moment that's visual. We can actually create visions inside of our mind because we were able to, to put that in with our eyes. And so there's a kind of inner eye and we can see on the inside in in a way that's not nearly as good as being able to see on the outside. But in okay. fact, there's, there's kind of trainings for that. An example would be taking a piece of art or even just a mud pie or a disc and looking at it and then closing the eyes and then trying to reproduce it in the uh, image in the mind, then open the eyes and recheck it. And then close the eyes again and keep a, getting a better and better and better visual image because our images are not very, very good. Where a dog, because they live in visual images and they think in visual images, they can produce visual images so much better. So hmm. with, uh, with the human, we get into what we call discursive thought. Or another way of saying it is, is that we talk to ourselves. That, in, that the dog will will hear things. They will they will know uh, the the sound, the sound of a car, the sound of another dog, the sound of tree falling. All of those kind of sounds that the dog has, we have that too. But then we have this additional thing of language, and we begin to think in a language. That in fact. English is your second language, and sometimes you've got to go looking for the English language word in your mind because it's not said as solidly as Spanish. Okay, so with with that, we can we can begin to see that we actually think in words, and the more we think in words, the further we are actually from reality. That in oh. fact the the words themselves, um, we do that. There's actually basically the kind of thoughts that we have. We can call them critical thoughts. We can also talk about it in the sense of the way that things should be, the rules. And we have thousands and thousands of rules, and we keep telling ourselves the rules. This is part of our thought pattern to where the dog doesn't have a whole lot of rules, very, very few rules, and they don't think about the rules in the sense of, oh, this is a rule that I have to follow way out into the future. 
that all the rules that a dog will have will be those that are um, relic, uh, let us say, current and relative to this present moment. To where the humans, we have thoughts about rules, about the ideals, idealistic, the way that things are supposed to be. Which means then that the present moment is not correct. It should be corrected in the way that we think. And so we basically we think ourselves out of reality into a delusionary state. And we get into the habit of doing that to the point that we spend most of our time that way. Of trying to follow the rules, trying to change reality in the mind into the way that it should be in the mind. Do we have an ideal kind of way of looking at ourselves about how we're supposed to be? And then when we don't match up to that, we don't like it. And so in a way, we become enemies of ourselves. And the way that we become enemies is because we don't match up to our own delusions about how we should be. Mm. And so part of what we're practicing then with Anapanasati is to, to stop the discursive thoughts so much and pay attention, start having thoughts about the reality of the way things are right now. In a way, we're teaching ourselves to stop being so human in that negative way and start being more like the animal that we were born, that we're actually in, so that we can be much closer into the present moment. Now, there's another aspect, and that is, is that there's instincts that the dog will do everything instinctually. He'll respond to the present moment the way he's wired to do it. To where humans, because we have this additional capability, we have now, if we, if we recognize it, if we can wake up to it, we've got a choice about how we're going to handle this present moment. And that's what you're beginning to experience, is that you can, in fact, change your, your delusions about how things really are, are, are act, the way that we want things to be or the way that they should be or the ideal that we have set up in our mind so that we can actually experience it the way it actually is, which is actually quite nice. Reality as it is, is quite supportive of the human being. That humans have been around for long, long time. And we've had ice ages, and we've had volcanoes, and we've had comets, and we've had all kinds of stuff. But somehow or another, we survived it. I'm not sure that humans will be able to survive the web and AI and um, the Internet and cell phones. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do that, because those things actually take us out of the present moment into a different world and it's almost always uh this didactic voice kind of stuff and so uh some people and i think that this is more about the way that we're raised than the way that we were wired so we have two different kinds of systems going on one the way that we were wired the instincts and then the way that we were trained Tamara, so I think yes. I, I see your webcam. Pardon? I think I, I don't see your video, your webcam. I think okay. it's off. 
All right. I'll yeah. turn it back. Yeah, that's easy enough to correct. I have to turn the video on and off, and then Skype will catch it. Do you oh, see yes. it now? Okay. All right. So uh, we can reframe and retrain the mind to come out of this didactic thinking, this verbal talking to ourselves, and and start uh, seeing or going into the, let us say, the other senses, that actually listening to the sounds in the air is, is a different kind of audio than the thought process that we have that's full of words. In other words, music is auditory, but it's not didactic. It's not the, ver- the, the verbal words. And so when we come out of our verbal thinking, we can now experience the reality as it is. And the way that we get started with that is by beginning to change our didactic language from uh, off someplace else, thinking about someplace else and whatnot, is to start having that that didactic language about what's happening right now. It's sort of called like a blow-by-blow description. An example of that is as I take a deep breath, I know it's a deep in-breath, and I actually tell myself, this is an in-breath. This is a nice in-breath. I can enjoy this. And so we begin to change the didactic language that we have from critical language into nurturing, wholesome language that has to do with what's happening right now. If we can begin to change all of that critical thinking into nurturing thinking in the didactic way, then we can be much more into the here now. And so we're beginning to change the way that we think. And you can actually experience that because you've already started to practice. If you begin now to look at, is this thought a verbal thought Um, is it talking to myself? And if it is, am I talking to myself about what's in the present moment? Or am I talking to myself about what's in the past or in the future or perhaps just made up ideas, idealisms? And Mm. And so we begin to be in the present moment And we begin to talk to ourselves about this present moment, that this is good enough. But we also begin to recognize we can do an awful lot of thinking without using words. That we can, in fact, go one more step and not use the verbal words so much. We can do all of our thinking in actual seeing, actual hearing, actual touch. In other words, coming into the senses that we that we have in the here now that we're not paying much attention to when we're paying attention to uh, the uh, conversation that we're having or the monologue that we're having. And so, when we're uh, thinking about writing an email to someone, that that's didactic thinking. And that a better way of doing it is instead of thinking about writing an email, either sit down and write the email or not. 
But if mm. we're not going to sit down and write the email, then there's no reason to think about the email that we're not writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, honestly, I have like, uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, in my conscious mental space, mental field, I have like uh, 70% that is, uh, you know, garbage, but I try to remove uh, every moment and like 30 percent that is grounded in the senses in the present moment and i try to exactly stay in the in that uh, area you know where, uh, where 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 i decide to uh, give give uh, to have space for the present moment and uh, yeah all the the you know the senses and the the feelings uh, uh, what's right here right now? I I, I recognize that uh, in my consciousness still there is uh, uh, some uh, future there, past here, and, and so on. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I it's a decision that I make that when I'm gonna to uh, mm, create something in my mind or consciously creating something through my action and through my speech. I ground myself to the to the thirty percent of the present moment, mm -hmm. and I let the, the rest be there, but just uh, like information clouds that are just there, and I don't. Uh, I try to like okay, they're there. Okay, hello, <laughs> and uh, so I yeah, just uh, the the part that is grounded in the moment. Uh, uh, I use it to consciously create uh, and uh, feel, uh, uh, gather information and, and uh, act uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yes, so being aware that of how we're thinking and what we're thinking. Being aware of, are we experiencing being in the reality, being in the body, seeing and hearing, or are we in a world of merely thought that's actually just storytelling. And if we're telling ourselves stories, then why don't we tell ourselves good, wholesome stories? <laughs> Rather than stories about what's wrong and what needs to be fixed and um, uh, things that makes us anxious and all of that kind of stuff. And that the kind of stories then that we want to tell are the stories about what's happening right now. Just what's happening right now. That's what's happening. Yeah. All right, you're back. Okay, yeah, about the, the stories that we tell ourselves, that are good stories and bad stories. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that we have not been paying attention to whether the story is good or bad. We've just been telling ourselves stories. But now we're going to start paying attention to what kind of stories are we telling ourselves? Are we telling ourselves wholesome stories about what's happening right now? Or are we telling our stories old stories that may be painful? Stories of revenge, stories of getting back, stories of... Uh, um, wanting to finish unfinished things.
Okay. And the reality is, is that everything is already okay, finished or not. And so we can get ourselves then into a state of really enjoying this present moment, where we are right here, right now. That that's actually um, a, a good way of understanding the first jhana, is that when we're thinking about someplace else and doing something else, then we're stuck in the past or in the future, or we're stuck out there somewhere. But if we're thinking about what's happening in the present moment, then we're closer to the jhana. And if we're having very wholesome thoughts about what's happening right now and experience and feeling that very wholesome reality that we're living in, then for sure that is the first jhana. That in fact, we kind of start off as a victim. I think I've mentioned this to you before. Yes. That we live a life as a victim. We're telling our stories about, oh, when we get it fixed according to the rules that we have, then I'll be a winner. Then it'll be okay. But there's no end to the stories about what needs to be fixed. We have to make that radical change. That radical change is just to come out of the past and the future, come out of how things ought to be, and come in to enjoy the way things actually are right now. to be in the present moment and that we begin to do that by talking to ourselves about what's happening in the present moment. And in that regard, we begin then to stop thinking didactically and start thinking, for instance, visually, that when we hear something, we just hear it. We don't have to tell ourselves a story about what we hear. An example of that is hearing a bird singing, and we just hear the bird singing. If we tell ourselves a story about it, that means we want to name what kind of bird it is. Oh, that's a kookaburra. Mm. Or something. Okay, so if we just listen to the bird calls, then we can hear them directly, rather than telling ourselves a story about it. Or if you hear the motorcycle going down the road, that we can, um, basically I was kind of trained that way when I was a kid, so that there's a big difference between a two-cycle engine and a four-cycle engine. We don't have many two-cycle engines anymore. They were taken off the market too politically. But with a a four-stroke engine, is it a single? Is it a two-cylinder? Is it a four-cylinder? Is it an eight-cylinder? Because they actually have different sounds. A six-cylinder sounds different than an eight-cylinder engine. And that I can hear that, but it's not necessary. That I can just merely hear the sound of it without having to tell myself a story about it. And so we just hear, hear the sound. That, in fact, that's exactly what we're doing with music, too. If we're just listening to the music as music, that's different than listening to it and then naming the tune, naming the instruments. Yeah. 
trying to figure it out. So that's that's that part of the mind then uh, that that's the storytelling part of the mind. And so um, we're, we're not going to be able to fix that storytelling mind so that we stop telling ourselves stories. But at least in the beginning of our practice, we can tell ourselves wholesome stories. Okay. Yeah, suppose like uh, there are uh, uh, kind of uh, way of using words and thoughts that like points to something like uh, here's a bird and you leave you leave space for the silence of enjoying the, the sound of the board or like you point the finger to the board and the concept goes onto the board and you project all your concept to the board mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe yeah like uh, when, when uh, it's something like uh, did you hear that and you leave, left leave space for the just the hearing you know just the that's a uh, good way to use the 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 pointing of the words uh, mm-hmm. like like uh, like uh, yeah like you do you tell uh, us uh, every time that uh, it's good enough it's it's okay uh, right here right now and so the words point to a, a place where, where you where you feel that it's actually this way mm-hmm. it's not doesn't point to a concept that uh, it's good right here right now uh, the concept that you hang uh, on the wall uh, on a <laughs> glitter <laughs> glitter <Yes>. uh, <laughs> glitter words <laughs> phrase but actually point to an experience and this is a good use to to good way to use the the concept and the word if uh, one has to mhm mhm that it is a skill that can be developed to the point that it's very useful. However, we started thinking in critical uh, thought patterns when we were kids, trained by people who were untrained, and therefore we wind up uh, having an awful lot of unwholesome thoughts, unwholesome rules, unwholesome didactic um, verbiage, just talking to ourselves, being critical. And so, what we're practicing in the beginning is to change that and um, to add this present moment in the senses. Eventually, we don't have to have any communication about or the um, a description or a blow-by-blow description of what's happening. We can just experience it directly. This is when the Buddha talks about it, that let the scene be merely the scene. Let the herd be merely the herd that we don't have to see it and then figure it out and then tell ourselves a story about it. We can just let it be merely seen. The herd is merely the herd. I don't have to go tell myself stories about it. I can just allow it to be just sensory input. Now, when we do that, instead of seeing something and telling ourselves stories about it, it takes time to tell ourselves stories. And when we do tell ourselves stories, we're not receiving more sensory input during those mind moments. And so it's like, see, think, see, think, see, think. But it's more than that. It's more like, see, think, 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 see, think, 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 see, think, 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 think. And the way that we're going to practice is down to see, think, see, think, see, think. And then eventually just see, 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 think, 
see, see, see. So we stop telling ourselves so many stories about reality and just start experiencing it directly. And in that regard, it becomes kind of like a flood. There is so much happening, so much sensory input. There is so much to look at. There is so much sounds. Even in the sound of silence, there's still an awful lot of happening, just quietly. And so this is the recommendation of the Buddha, is this several-step process, but it's basically a two-step process. One is stop thinking about the past and the future and start thinking about right here, right now, with that didactic thinking, and then stop doing that so much and start just receiving sensory input. Just to be here now and let the scene be merely the scene, the herd be merely the herd. And that can be done in a very peaceful place. Very joyous but peaceful place. Just receiving input, just noticing. The way that I talk about it is just watch the show, just enjoy the show. We don't have to think about it in advance. Um, we don't have, to, like in a murder mystery, we don't have to figure out who done it. We can just enjoy the show. Yeah. Just enjoy the show. Let the scene be merely the scene, the herd be merely the herd, and just enjoy the show. And so you can practice that. Watch whether you're, watch whether the stories that you're telling are about the past, the future, or someplace else, versus the stories you're telling about right here, right now, and then the observance of right here, right now. How much storytelling do we have to do? Or can we come to the point of just receiving input without having to figure it out, without having to tell ourselves stories? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, so that, that'll give you something to begin to think about practicing. Start looking at that. Start being in reality. Start, an example of that would be to start paying attention to your hands. Not necessarily when you're sitting in meditation, but when you're just out in the world. Start paying attention to your hands because your hands are part of the world. They're part of reality. They're part of the sensual experience that we have. Normally, when we're carrying something, we're thinking about what we're carrying rather than thinking about the sensory input that we're getting from the hands by carrying it. An example would be that when I touch this item, I want to know which fingers are touching it. Which finger does what? Mm. Normally, we hold things, but we're holding it because we've got the idea that I've got to hold it, like holding our keys or things like this rather than actually experience the touch of that holding. Okay. 
And so paying attention to the body, paying attention to the touch, paying attention to your butt on the chair, pay attention to the feet on the ground. Okay. Pay attention to the air that you're breathing. Pay attention to the temperature of the air that surrounds you, et cetera, like that. All of that be here now stuff that we normally are not paying attention to because we're too busy thinking about someplace else some other time. <sighs> right now, in fact, you're in paradise. Just <laughs> look around where you are and just recognize, wow, wow, look at that, look at this. Hmm. And everything is okay. Not a thought, not a worry in the world, just being in reality. Go ahead. In my creativity skill, I think, because uh, I think uh, it will help me because uh, of the input. Because when you get the input from this present moment and the senses, is uh, like a pure input. It's not uh, a conceptual input that you that you recycle somewhere in your head uh, and you try to do an original content. I talk about music. I do rap music, so mm-hmm. it, you try an original content from the garbage that you have in your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe if you, if I if I learn to start from the sensory input and from this present moment, maybe this could help me also in my creativity skill. Yes, that's that's actually a skill to be developed, to be in the present moment with the senses, to let the scene be merely the scene and the herd is merely the herd. Dogs are like that and little kids are like that, but we're trained out of it and trained into thinking about it rather than actually experiencing it directly. So now we're going back and actually experience the fact that we're in paradise and we don't have to judge it anymore. We don't have to figure out what's good or bad. We can just enjoy it the way it is. So I would like to congratulate you again for your for your practice. You're going in the right direction. So now you can begin to recognize, well, what kind of thoughts do I am I having? Am I having sensory input thoughts or am I having um, uh, blow by blow descriptive thoughts, or am I uh, just often storytelling? Okay. Okay. Yeah, wakey wakey. Look <laughs> at what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Well, Pedro, I think that we can finish now. I think that this will give you something to practice with. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. I would like to thank you again, Damarato. Okay. That we have. So I hope uh, whoever watched this find it useful. (laughs) So, okay. 
Thank with you so the, much. With the big smile that you've got on your face, I'm sure they're just going to be useful. <laughs> okay. All righty. Okay. Have a nice okay. day. Bye. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.